Hey everyone, this is Amos for Just Me Amos Podcast. I have Jason Flowers with me, and we're going to talk about AI Wars, his new creator-owned book coming out. Um, we're also going to talk about comics in general and seeing what his up-and-coming conventions are. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Hey everyone, this is Amos for Just Me and Amos Podcast. I have Jason Flowers with me today. What's up, Jason? Hey man, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, pretty good. So, I brought you here today to talk about your book that you got coming out called AA1 Wars. I'm saying that right? AAI Wars. AAI Wars. Okay, yeah, there yeah. you go. There you go. So, can you tell me something about this book? So, I mean, what's inspire you to inspire you to do this book? Okay, um, well, AAI Wars, first of all, is a... Uh, Artificial alien intelligence. So it's like uh, we download the signal from outer space that ends up taking over our technology. And this, the way this, these aliens work is they download themselves into our world. So um, it turns out to be a virus that we download that takes over our technology. And we have to pretty much reboot ourselves and fight against them. So it's a consistent battle of them downloading themselves and building themselves into these mechanoid robot creatures right. that we fight. And it's, it's just like a throwback to like uh, like old 90s video games like Contra and Metroid and, and Terminator and Starship Troopers. And it's like everything I love and it's super cheesy. I just kind of like squished into this over the top. Yeah, Star Starship Troopers yeah. is kind of cheesy. And then um, yeah, you're right. Threw in some like Lee Field McFarlane shoulder pads and exaggerated guns and yeah, over the, the top <laughs> action scenes and double pages where no, no, no Captain America boobs, right? No Captain America, America boobs. No, okay. no exaggerated okay. torso oh. with tiny head and <laughs> shaped bodies, but. Just the um, weapon and clothing aspect of it, where they have got like uh, the giant sh um, shoulder pads, or um, there's like different like weapons and stuff, like um, like the little pouches, pouches they have, on yeah, their pouches. belts, yeah. and just just silly, just silly stuff. Like here's a guy exploding. Uh, I like the gore right there. You know, it's pretty sweet. That's the throwback to the the Starship Troopers. There's a lot more gore in issue two, but. Um, yeah, it's just fun. I miss fun comics, and that was the idea. Was um, I was actually working on another comic project, and at night when I'm drawing, what I do is right. I um, I watch YouTube videos of like people playing video games, and I looked up Contra, and I was like obsessed with it. I was like, oh my god, I forgot how crazy and over the top this game is. So when I look up the other ones, it was like I've. I just stopped what I was doing with that project and started working on this cheesy idea. And so until this is done, it'll be four issues, and two of them are done. And um, everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's that's pretty cool and everything. Um, another thing I need to ask you is this: What made you go this route instead of doing like a digital comic, just doing a regular comic book? Um. Well, I've I've always loved holding the books. I like the physical aspect of like picking up a comic and 
being able to read it. I've I've read a couple of digital books online, and I like them, and it's nice it's nice to have. And when I make the Kickstarters for these projects, I do offer them as PDF downloads for that. But I, uh, I I've, I'm not against digital. I'm just not like into it being the main outlet. I've thought about actually making it a webcomic at oh, first okay. and then playing off that, but I don't know, like I got too antsy and was like, all right, let's just put the product out there. Yeah, you know, I, no, I totally agree with you um, as far as compared to digital comic to a physical comic. I always like to just read the book, sit down in my chair. You know, read it, flip the page, and everything. But with a digital, you can just slide screen. You know? Right. And it's it's more it's relaxing, I guess. You know, you just have a physical copy, reading it page by page, and you can just stop right there, put it down, and go and do what you got to do, and come back to do it. I mean, you right. can do the thing with digital also, but it's just like for anything these days. The physical copies I really like to have. I guess it's just me being. I'm one of those weird people that likes to like smell the print yeah. too, <laughs> yeah. like especially with independent comics and yeah. where they you could tell that they've been through like a print shop or something where you smell the the, the print, you can smell the ink on the page. I, I love that. Um, plus, with web comics, sometimes depending on the format, you might have to make it different than the actual size of a comic. Oh, that's, and, that's uh, true. So if you decide to print it as a comic, you're either having to reformat it into that comic format, which may make the piece look weird, or um, you might have to make a different shape size for your book. Right. Which, which isn't bad. Sometimes I find it really neat seeing something that's not your typical, you know, 7 by 10 inch comic, or 11 inch comic. Yeah, another question I need to ask you also is that, the, I mean, the way you did your comics, what process do you take? You know, to get your you know, comic done, the, the the day I got to do this page, the next page. I mean, one comic book. How long did it take you to get this one comic book out? Well, um, since the idea came pretty fast, and it was first issue is more loose in terms of uh, storyline, and then I tighten everything back up with explaining stuff a lot more and like more character driven in the second issue. Right, and then. Um, but with this, it's just like the first issue probably took about three, three or four months. Oh, because I I started it in like uh, February of 2016, last year, and then I had my son in April. Right. And so then that took up a lot of my time, and then so while taking care of him and working on it, it kind of dragged a little bit because of a newborn. But after after it got finished up, and I. I got the routine down with him it was like back to the book and I was able to put it out um, it kickstarted for the first issue in August and then came out in September yeah so oh. I shipped it in October oh okay so it's just the backers oh okay very cool like I said, man, when you um, when I seen the cover, like wow, this is kind of nineties, and I looked at it like this is pretty cool. Then I saw the gore, like yeah, that was that was the idea. Is, uh, I miss like we were talking about a little bit before. Like I miss comics being fun. Like when I was, I remember being a kid and just loving, just loving the art, and you're just like, wow, what's going on? This is you know, ridiculous. and some of the stories didn't have to make sense. So, yeah, most. I mean, most of it didn't. Especially yeah. in the early 90s. They, were, yeah. they weren't really trying too hard to write. But um, some of them were. But 
I feel like nowadays it's just like, what can I make to be the next book that's going to be the big movie or the big franchise? And you're like too dark. Like I got to be super serious with this. And I miss I miss just fun books. So that's that's what this is. It's just a throwback to just having fun and just. Yeah, I've noticed. You know, most of the books you know that come out. You know. The, are some of them trying to get this deal for this movie, right, this TV right. thing? Opted out for that. There's nothing wrong with that. No, no, you know, and nothing wrong with that. You know, everybody got to eat. They have to live. I understand that, but at the same time, you want the coming books like you say. You want escapism. Mm-hmm. You want mm-hmm. from the real, like from realization, from reality, reality, escapism, man. If I want to read something from reality, man, I go online and read the newspaper, watch the news. I mean, if I want to see anything for real, I, I do that. But if I really want some fantasy of getting away from the real world, I read a comic book. That's what my yeah. comic books is for. As a kid, man, I, I collected for that. Yeah, you know, I'm an avid collector. I mean, I'm not gonna tell you. How, I got so many boxes of comics, man. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so, but I understand where you're coming from. About, um, about comics these days and what you what you aspire to do for right. your comic, I understand that. I just uh, yeah, I just wanted something something fun, and I'm not trying too hard to make this like everything overthink like, it. Yeah, so overthink it. Like I, then the other project I'm working on, I do try to I'm, I am focused more on that storyline to to make it very understandable and fit very well. I've with this, it's just like one of those things where it's like, here's the idea, here's the premise, let's just look at these characters, and then let's just roll with it. Right. And then see what happens to them at the end. And I'm not trying, to, like, I've, I've had a couple people who, who've messaged me and told me that they love it, but, you know, what is this, and who are these people, and do we get to find more out about this, this, and this? And I think that's the cool thing is, if I wanted to, I could probably go off into other aspects of in-depth storylines with these characters or like what these creatures are or what these machines do and how they were made and build like world like a Hellboy world right you know but that's another question I gotta ask you too you know in doing this when you created the first book do you have a um, what can I say the game alone um, story arc or just you gonna do five books there or just six I mean how are you going to go about doing this that? just four issues four issues like I have a start to an end Good. I once read that uh, Frank Miller had said um, what was it it was like uh, if you're going to make a book at least if you at least know how it ends right and if you can know how it ends then you know you can fill everything else up so and that's pretty much it like I knew exactly I know exactly how the book's going to end it might not be what everyone wants but it's it's just how I roll with it, and right. uh, everything in between is just—it's just cheesy fun <laughs> gimmick. After that, before that, so good. Um, <laughs> we'll see. That's good. I, I, it's like it's hard to talk about without without giving anything away. Oh, don't give nothing away. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't give anything away. That's the hard away. part. You know, because I like I sit through panels of way artists, being you know, artists and writers, discuss books. Said we got this game plan for this book how long is it going to last you know some books don't need to last beyond 10 books I'm sorry and that's the thing it's like I don't want a a walking dead storyline here where like I need to like drag this out for 300 issues I just need to just do this in 4 books oh yeah walking dead is at 163 yeah I think in the latest books only 25 since because you know image 25 years now yeah yeah Yeah, so 25 yeah. yeah so yeah I picked it up I haven't read it yet, but anyway. Uh, another question is, um, 
since you've been developing your own book, have you been paying attention to anything as far as the major companies like DC, Marvel, Image, are there any of the books? Because I know this is your creator own book, uh-huh. this is yours. I, th- I think we were talking about earlier that you actually haven't read a Marvel book in a while. Or I, DC. I want to say, I, I don't... What remember. was the last one you read? Oh, I, I can't even remember. I'm sorry I put you on the spot, man. No, no, no. It's, it's one of those things where, like, even growing up, like, I, I started off reading the Spider-Man books and stuff, but then that led, like, I'm a huge Ninja Turtle fan. Kevin so, Eastman, yeah. Huge Kevin Eastman fan. Um, not just Turtles, everything he's done, like with Heavy Metal and then Zombie War. Dude, Heavy Metal. Man, you remember and, Heavy Metal? Yeah. The, the animation, the yeah. movie. Did? I got yeah. that. It's a, it's it's, a great... It's classic. It's, it's insane. And then, great um, music. He, yeah. It, everything he's done, I've always loved. So that was really cool because it opened my eyes to independent comics. And not just, you know, you have to go through Marvel and DC. It was nice to see that these people had made their own comics and were obviously successful with it but that led into like reading um i don't know if you remember like serious comics back in the day so i read like empty zone and dawn and oh okay um and then reading kitchen sink comics with like uh madman and the crow and the crow was just insane and with the ones like yeah they made a movie which movie wasn't all that good the first one was but the others uh, yeah, yeah, you know you're talking, about, but I hear what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I mean, I, so I've always gravitated to to that, and then Dark Horse was putting out some good stuff with like Sin City, and then um, of course I've read certain things from Marvel on DC, like the uh, like the big ones, um, like Dark Knight Returns, of course. Right, that's Frank Miller when you did uh, that. Right? Anything Frank Miller? Did. I'm big on Frank Miller and Mike McNola. Kevin Eastman, all those people. I, I mainly was stuck with IDW reading Turtles for a long time since the Turtles have been really good. Yeah, they have kind of kind of rejuvenated, man. Yeah, after. They, they've done a really good job with with uh, what what they are doing with them right now. Because it's the amazing to me is the when Turtle first came out, it was dark. Mm-hmm. Then when they got a hold to it, the cartoon back when I was growing up as a kid, yeah. the Saturday morning cartoon, yeah. it was all lighthearted. Yeah, like I, I've always been a fan of the cartoon, and then that my parents got me the uh, the graphic novel. It was like uh, the first five issues in color. They had made like a colorized graphic novel version, and that was cool to read. And then in probably my junior or senior year, I started reading Turtles again. Right, and I was like, holy shit! Like this is so dark and gritty, and like they're like killing people and drinking beer, and I mean. I don't think they really ate pizza, books, <laughs> but um, it was it was totally different than that Saturday morning cartoon, cartoon right? And uh, so that rejuvenated my love for indie comics, and just I've been making comics ever since I was a little kid. Really? So, yeah. And I uh, tried when I was a little kid. You know, I did like a I, matter of fact, I did. I did a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic strip. Yeah. And I did a Batman comic strip, man. And, you know, and doing it as a kid, man, it was great. And I showed my mom and dad, you need to keep doing that. You know what? I think about it now. I should have kept doing it. There's still plenty of time. Man. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I think the art side, I probably do more writing than art than anything before a comic book. But, but yeah, I mean, growing up as a kid, man, I, 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 I was doing Spider-Man, Batman, stuff like that. Because I gravitate more to Spider-Man, mm-hmm. the way he was set up, the way the character is and everything. You Same feel bad here. for the guy, you know, Peter Parker, man. Yeah. You know, he's like average Joe with these powers and the responsibilities that he have in juggling everyday life. 
do this and that. And like, man, I kind of relate to this guy, you know? You know, uh, I think Frank Miller and uh, John Ramona Jr. have right. done that miniseries. It was like uh, playing off of him. Or am I... No, I'm getting like confused with the Daredevil. That's Daredevil, Frank Miller. Yes, the Dare- Daredevil. I went back and reread a lot of that, too. Oh, you did? Yeah. When Frank was writing it with uh, David as a... Asmiel Auto or whatever I can't remember I can never pronounce his last name but it was, it was like phenomenal art and uh, Frank's writing with that was just insane well I know I am I am going back and looking at other old stuff I and mean, like I said I, before we can start this podcast we're just talking about indie stuff now and lately like I said I've just been reading a lot of stuff from Image Titan Comics um, Oni Press things like that you know because it's other good stuff out there mm-hmm. regular re- rather than the big two and three count image but image with their brand with their stuff that's more for the creators right you know there's their stuff right and uh, I've been doing pretty pretty interesting stuff out there man yeah I really have been enjoying it like I've been reading um reborn by Mark Miller yeah. And uh, I kind of not Is that like the uh, Greg Capullo one. Yes, yes, yes. I haven't gotten a chance to read that. Yes. But I recommend that. Yeah, I recommend it's, if you like fantasy. Well, Capullo. So. Yeah, right. Like, like fantasy um, storytelling. That's mm-hmm. one of them. And another one I've been reading for Image has been um, not Mayday. Oh, Lazarus. Lazarus by Greg Rucker. No, I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's 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 political, but it's the way it's set up. It's nice. And like I said, I, I read some of the um, DC and Marvel stuff, but I've been like really liking Image and Image and all the other independent stuff. Like, I was always a big fan of DC's Virgo, Vertigo. Vertigo, of course. Vertigo you know was cool. No, I would read some of the Vertigo titles, um, the Exterminators. Mm-hmm. That was a fun book. And Tony Moore. Yeah. Um, who's the writer? Rick Remender. Yeah. Rick Remender. Yeah. Rick Remender does well with his um. That's right. Seven to Eternity. Seven to Eternity. That's a recommender uh, for Image. Okay. Check that out. It's it's another fantasy book. I was a big fan of his uh, his art. He used to draw. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He he drew... Um, God, I, remember, I can't remember the character's name, but he was like uh, almost robot looking and he rode on a skateboard. He did a lot of graphic novel stuff. I had to go back and check it out. Yeah. Because no, I know he does a lot of writing now. He does yeah, he, a whole he, lot of writing. He's done a lot of writing now. And then... Um, you know, he did Fear Agent. That was cool. Oh, that was yeah. I remember that. I remember that. Tony Moore was writing. I mean, drawing it for mm-hmm. him too. He, him and this other guy, um, Jeremy Opina, Opina or something. Yeah, they were like off and on. Like they do like four story, uh, four four issue story arc, and then switch back and forth to give him. And then that's what he's working that was with. Really neat. That's what he's working with now for Seven to Eternity. Yeah, he's working with Jerome, Jerome right now, and it's pretty cool. I like his art style. Man. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's nice. And nice. So, what so, what we just discussed, like we just discussed and everything, growing up as a kid, you said Frank Miller was one of your favorite writers, right? Right. And who was your favorite artist as growing up as a kid? Ugh. Um, Put you on the spot, man, you know? <laughs> again, it was like, it's a lot of the same people. Like, there was um, this artist, his name's Jason Alexander. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Huge fan of him. He, had his own comic called Empty Zone. He's still it's that image right now. Oh that's really? That's the image book I would say I've read is is the Empty Zone stuff. Okay, I need to check really that out. Good, really good. And 
um, Joe Casada, Joe Casada, Joe Casada, Palmiotti were doing Ash. Oh, I remember Ash. Yeah, I remember that. Event Comics. Yeah, I remember Ash. Um, yeah, Painkiller Jane with Amanda Connor. Um, I love her work, man. Yeah, yeah, they they're two right there together, Jimmy and uh, Amanda. Jimmy and Amanda. Yeah, they're pretty cool people. Yeah, they're very nice. Yeah, yeah I met them nice. plenty of times. Yeah, Jimmy. I, always, I used to show him my art when I was younger, and he would just be he'd be very nice about it, like very. Um, he'd critique it um, professionally. He wouldn't just like destroy you. <laughs> I mean, he would tell you like, "This is good, but you need to work on this, this, and this." So he was he was a very cool guy, and I mean, I very guess what you need, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, so those guys, I'm trying to think. Said McNola, right? Yep, you yeah. did. Um, you did. Lieber Mayo, are you familiar with Lieber Mayo? Um, he did the. He's done so many graphic novels. He did that Joker graphic novel. He did. Uh, he did another Batman Joker graphic novel where it was like uh, a playoff of the Christmas Carol. I think I heard of that one before. This stuff's phenomenal. Um, Lieber Mayo, yeah. Well, lately though, and I got people. I mean, there's some great artists out there now that I'm a big fan of. And I was trying to tell somebody, um, I love Mark Brooks' work. Mark Brooks I love definitely work. is awesome. I'm, I'm Jim Chang, Chang with Jim, Jim Chang. Oh, Jim Chang. Jim Chang, yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. This, this, this is um, back when uh, Cross Gen Comics were around. Really, he worked on um, Scion. Really, he, yeah, he did. He did most of Scion, and uh, his, that's where I first knew his work. And um, Don Hillsman, right, the third, or um, he was inking Scion. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow, they've been in business for a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those guys have been around quite a bit. It's cool, man. So, you have any other plans on making another book? Man, um, yes, I have. Um, this stuff's insane. That's crazy. Yeah, man. this stuff's in- <laughs> incredible. Um, this Bermeo. But um, with with those books, the cool th- the idea this year is at least I have planned at least six comics to come out this this year this year, this year alone. Um, issue one of AI Wars came out last year near the end. Excuse me. Um, issue two is kickstarting right now right. and ends in like five days yeah. on Kickstarter, and um, I have it to where. The next one is going to take me. It takes. It's going to take me about two, two to four months to do a book, right? Because I'm penciling, inking, writing. You're doing everything. I'm doing everything. Yeah. So it's like I'm not having to worry about paying anybody or someone not doing their job. It's like if I'm not, if the book's not coming out, it's my fault because I'm doing it. But um, and like I said, I'm thankfully enough, I get to do this full time. So really, yes, um, thankfully, knock on wood, it stays that way. But um. So I, it's like I set my own schedule and I just work on it. I, I can, if I really try, I can, I could probably do the pencils, inks, and coloring and lettering on a page. I probably do like two a day. That's not bad. Maybe, maybe more if I if I'm really into it. But um, yeah, issue two is done. So that'll come out in March, and then in March I'm kickstartering a. A trade paperback of an of an older book, really that I had come out. Um, it's like a three issue vampire comic called Hyven, and I'm like re lettering and re coloring it. So back before the days of like on demand printing, right? You uh, 
you print it all yourself before Kickstarter on that. So it's like I have to come up with the money myself, print it, and then sell it. So what I love about Kickstarter is if I get the funding for the money, then it pays for the book. Right. And then whatever I, extra from that I, I, I have left to sell to sell and yeah yeah it um pays for itself so that's that's the beauty of it is like i'm not having to work too hard on like waiting months to come up with the funding right when i can get it out to people that would love to see it and then have some extra copies to take to shows that's not bad so um i was like well i've it's gonna take me about three or four months two or two to four months depending on how long to do an issue. So instead of waiting quarterly for a book that you may forget about, I'm going to do it where um, every two months I have Kickstartering the book. Now I have another question. I know that uh, previews. Uh-huh. Now, do you ever think your book will ever make it in previews? Years ago, I've, I've done so much research on this stuff. Um, <laughs> previews is awesome. All right. So the, the, the weird, the good and bad with previews is this. Um, so when you see a book in previews, it comes out in six months. That's right. Yeah. So um, what they do is they give you like a three-month grace period of getting – pretty much getting your shit together in terms of printing it up and getting it shipped to the, to the Diamond. But the cool thing about it is Diamond will then distribute it out for you. But um, they have like like standards, so yeah. to speak. So it's like if you're an independent title or company – then you have to meet a certain amount of of books per, uh, to be ordered okay. to continue being in previews. Right. So if if your book's not meeting that, then I think they give you like a, like a two like a two month grace period, and then they just drop you. Right. But um, I mean, I haven't looked into it lately. Right now, for me, it's just like I want to get all the stuff done, and then I want to shop around. Right. Like I've. I've got a couple of indie comic um, companies at mine, but um, I want to wait until the trade's done. Right. Because I think if if I can get the trade done, then that'll be more of a sell than trying to do single issues. True. And you just pitch that to the companies, right? Right. Because I did um, I did a, a graphic novel for Arcana Comics mm-hmm. and back in, I think it came out in 2009. Are you still around? He is. Um, they're Arcana Studios now. Okay. So I don't know if they're still putting out graphic novels as many as they were, but um, they mainly put out graphic novels. And he's moving more towards like television stuff. Like they just had um, one of the books is like a they made into an animation movie that's on like you can read it from Redbox. And I can't remember the name of it. Um, but uh, I, I had a contract with him. Where we were, it was a me and this writer were doing a book, and it was going to be five issues, and he was supposed to publish each issue. But then, around like two thousand seven, two thousand eight, the economy buckled. Oh yeah. So he he smartly just made everything graphic novels. So like then he would publish graphic novels as opposed to single, single issues. issues. Yeah. Because it's so much more pricier to do That's single true. issues. It is true. And uh, so the the good thing was that was like I'd have a graphic novel version, but the bad thing was is like I have to come up like I was already issue, like two issues done, and I was it was going to be solicited and then printed as single issues, but now it was like I had to come up with the next three issues before the book would get uh, put okay. into a trade. So 
fast fast forward. Let's see. <laughs> Needless to say, long story short, it didn't come out for like another three years. Wow. And it wasn't my fault. It was like sat there for like a year and a half. On the shelves, huh? Uh, on the shelves. And uh, so then when it finally came out, um, you know, it's like a four-year difference in my art. So I'm like, ooh. <laughs> you know? And, uh, so you looked at your art and said, it's not me, man. Yeah, I didn't draw it. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, no, I, knew, I knew better than this. But um, it, it was still experience, you know. So it's like uh, there's a graphic novel of my art out there that's cool. And then I had another story that they had published in a horror um, anthology through them called Velvet Rope. So how long have you been doing um, comics and graphic novels? Um, well, I've been drawing and making my own comics since I was a little boy. Right, and, but uh, professionally? Um, professionally, the Velvet Rope came out before the Ripped did. And uh, so that was probably 2008. Oh, okay. No, 2009 is when it came out. So, so 2009 and on. But um, I've always set up at shows selling the comic stuff. And then that led into making art prints that then led into just doing art prints and going show to show selling that stuff and making a living doing that stuff but I got, I've gotten tired of uh, you just know how to make art prints yeah. just make a drawing because people come up to you talking about the drawing and stuff right? well there's that and then you get um, you get other people at a show who may have their own comic I once was at some show in Florida and this dude was a prick and he he just thought he was like gonna show me up by having his comic and for some reason was like so, so you know how to do is just make drawings I'm like actually no I've had this published and this published and you know I'm working on this graphic novel like check it out and he was just like oh Okay. Shut your mouth. <laughs> but it's like it's like I don't show you that stuff because right. when most of these people come to these shows that they want to buy that Batman print and, and I've noticed they want that. to buy you know this comic you work or you want this on. commission this sketch done and then that, mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. yeah because I go to cons all the time and I always see the prints and everything I, I you see on my wall right here man I got original art and stuff like yeah, that yeah yeah I saw that yeah so I mean I I, I have nowhere to put that stuff like it's it's cool but I think. I think it's getting right now, like it, it definitely peaked and then it's kind of like definitely going downhill. And the good with that is I think it'll weed out those people that don't know how to make comics because this comic conventions have always been comic, comic conventions. They've right. not been pop culture show, which is fine. I get it. Like you, you do what you have to for the convention to make the convention work. But, um, as an artist that I grew up making comics and wanting to make comics. So I did a couple of comics for people um, for their own projects, and uh, it just went sour. Right. It went really bad. Like, this one guy paid me really nicely to make his comic, and um, I, I did it all. I did all it was a 25-page one-shot. He, he had his own characters, his own story. Right. He paid, paid me every five pages on time. Great guy. And then I was like, so we're done. What are we going to do? You know, do you want me to letter this? Are we going to print it? I'd love to, you know, have some for the shows. And... I'll let you know. That was like four years ago. Damn. Yeah, so. Damn. I still have all, he never wanted the original art. So I have like 25 pages of original art to this comic idea he had. I guess he, he just wanted really, someone to just draw his comic. I so. guess he really wasn't serious about doing yeah, it then. I mean, I appreciated everything with it, but it. Well, it, good thing he paid you the money. Yeah, I got, I got paid for it. That's all I meant. And then there was another book that I won't disclose the title of um, or the person. But just know that it, it ended horribly. I, I got I did the work, I got paid for the work, and then he 
tried bad mouthing me, and uh, so I was like, you know, what? I'm done, done drawing comics for people, I'm done doing that stuff, like the work for hire for these people right. that don't know what the hell they're doing. You know, and I, I totally agree with you, man. If you really are 100 percent behind this product, man, you need to stick with it. Right. I'm 100. percent You know, and back to the convention, like you said, man, it's it's. It is a comic book convention for a reason. Right, right. It's about comic books. And I understand the prints and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, Heroes Con. I love Heroes I love Heroes. I love Heroes Con. I love Heroes Con. I love it. It's a great, it's a great show to meet um, great comic artists that are just still making comics. That's what I'm talking about. And I go, I've been going to for the past, whoo, about eight, nine years mm-hmm. now. And, I mean, I really enjoy it, man. It's one of the rare co- conventions that has... Just all comic book related. Yeah, yeah. Nothing with the movies. Nothing Mm -hmm. of that nature. Nothing like that. You have your favorite artist. You want to see your favorite favorite writer. Your your inker. Everybody who is in that industry is going to be there. They're going to be at Heroes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sheldon puts on a good show. Oh, he does. um, Shout out to Sheldon. Shout out Sheldon and Rico. That's right. Rico's awesome. Uh, but yeah, like that, that's a great, that's a great example of, of the way they should be. I, I don't have a problem with new shows coming up and, and doing these things, but I think it's one of those things that I almost compare making comics and making art, like almost like the music industry. Right. Like this is my album, mm-hmm. the comics, my album, but to make my living, I have to tour. That's right. And that's just how most artists are. You know, they make their album, but then they tour, and that's how they make their money. Yeah, they make their money touring. Not, that's right. Not that one single. You know, and that single might help them, but that's true. Touring yeah. is going to help that. And so you're, you're right about that. I think too, um, and a lot of a lot of the artists in our alley are, are noticing that pattern where it's like something's got to change. And for me personally, it's been like that for the past year and a half, where it's like. I don't mind drawing these fan drawings for these people or, or drawing their favorite character. Um, but I've always had a passion and I've always made comics and I want to go back to doing that. So my transition this year is, is half my books, half my art print stuff. And eventually, hopefully, knocking on wood, that it gets to, by the end of the year, I can just have a table full of my own art. So of like my own books. So it's one of those things where you're coming to my table, you're going to see my work for, for the books I'm making as opposed to the Batman drawing or the Spider-Man drawing or the turtle. Drawing. <laughs> and then there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I just uh, personally feel like that's what I've always wanted to do. So the goal is to make that happen. Yeah, I'm, I, you're going to make it happen. I know you are. You're going to make it happen. Thank you. You know, I, I, like I said, I mean, I'm looking at the cover, man. I'm just getting nostalgic, thinking about Contra right now. <laughs> I'm like, that damn, man, that flip, flip, shoot, flip, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, but I mean, like I said, I, I like I love the conventions, man. And like I said, I'm a fan, foremost a fan first, you know. And the Heroes Con, I really enjoy. Dragon Con is different. Dragon Con is not. It's not. I'm sorry. It's pop culture. It's part of. It's so much. It's so, so much. So stuff. much stuff. It's. I've. I've been going to Dragon Con since like '98. See, I haven't. Seen, so, um, it's just. It's just been. 
It's crazy now, to see how how much awesomely it's grown into now, this the, craziness. I will say the artist alley's gotten bigger. Yeah, it's gotten bigger over the years lately. And it's gotten bigger, and I mean I enjoy Dragon Con, man. It's for it's for everyone. It's a, it's a great. It's one of my favorite shows. It's for everyone. It's definitely one of my favorite shows. But as far as a comic book geek, Heroes is where it's at. Yeah, for me. <laughs> I, uh, there, there's a couple. There's. There's like a handful of like really good shows that I know that I I try to make sure I do every year, and then there's like the fillers in between. Right. But like Heroes and Dragon Con and like uh, what about MegaCon? MegaCon. Mega it's different now, but it's growing. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It's two now. It's two now. Yes, there's a Tampa one. Yeah. I didn't do the Tampa one um, last year because it was. The same weekend as another show, but um, I don't know how well it did. But I don't know. I, I love Tampa. Tampa's a good, a good area. But um, yeah, Dragon Con, and then God, I'm trying to think. What so are these out of cons you've been going attending this year coming forward. Yeah, yeah, going yeah. Forward? There's probably C2E2. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. No, I'm not familiar with that. Same one. people that put on New York Comic Con. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Great show, great show. I've never gotten to do New York yet, but um, I heard great things about it. Yeah, I mean, I keep trying to get in, but it, the the good and bad with shows like that, like Dragon Con, um, Dragon Con, and C2E2 and New York, they all jury you in, right? So it's not like they just let anyone off the streets. So it's like. That you show them your art. If they like what you're doing, then so they got to go through a process of people, process, process of, of jurying you in, yeah. which is great. I, I like that, and because you're not just letting in anyone who may or may not have something that's their own art, or True. if they're stealing art, or if they're you know photoshopping, yeah, <laughs> passing yeah. theirs, yeah. That's been going on a lot lately the past years too. Like I'm doing a Lexington Comic Con. Oh, okay. This, in March, I'm doing that one and um, NC Comic Con. Have you heard of that show? It's in North Carolina. Yeah, I heard about that one. It's uh, Raleigh. That they've been putting on some really good shows, and South Carolina Comic Con. Yeah, March pretty much starts the uh, the con year, the con, con. The con season. Rolling Yo, back out. man, I'll tell y'all got to do it. Man, that's a lot of traveling, dude. It's I drive everywhere too. I don't I haven't. I don't really travel too far. West, I mainly stick to the East Coast, but um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm t- just too weird about trying to fly to some of these places out West, so I'm not too familiar with how it works, and I'd hate, I'd just be devastated if like my stuff got lost or damaged. And, yeah, I've heard stories so, about this. Yeah, yeah, so right now it's just like, just stick to the East Coast, but um, I hit up about, on average, 20 to 30 a year, and that's just... The goal now, since I'm making comics again, is to hope, hopefully bridge that gap of um, having to be out on the road so much to just like only hitting a handful of really good shows right. and getting to stay home working on the books right. so, as opposed to being on the road all the time. Yeah, that makes sense. But you know, you got to make a living, right? Yes, yes. You have to make the you, living. You do what you got to do until, uh, until it happens. But yeah, I'm... I'm doing a book every other month. Okay, cool. I can't wait to see the other book, man. I really can't. I can't wait to see it. So, Jason, as always, you know, have someone new on my podcast to come along. You know, you know, I'd like to give a shout out to um, Brian. You know, he mentioned you and everything, right, right, right. and all stuff like that. And um, how can people 
reach you through your social media, get to um, your work and stuff? I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter. It's all the same thing. It's just Jason Flowers with an S, art. All one word. All Jason, one word. Jason Flowers art. So if you Google just Jason Flowers art all together, it'll pull up. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr. Cool. So you all on blog, all on the internet. I, it's you know, it's it's one of those things where there's like all those. There's so many sites now. It's like you have to be a part of that if you because there's so many people who are like I don't like Twitter. I like Instagram. Yes. Or I like I like Instagram. I don't like Twitter. So you have to like, have your choice of things, yeah, yeah. right? I understand, man. So um, that, for me, you could reach me on Just Being Amos on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook, and also on JustBeingAmos.com. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Peace. Just being famous.